<laughs> no, that was wonderful. Okay, well, so um, are you ready to move forward with the, some questions, Paul? I certainly am. Okay, and I think you actually covered a lot of answers to a lot of the questions that we have. Uh, let me go through these, and um, maybe what you can do is just kind of take the, the essence of, of what you might have already covered on the topic. Uh, our first sure. question uh, really relates to a lot of what you were talking about, and that is simply, who am I? Yeah, um, I, I actually had read that one when you, uh, you know, wanted to, to do it. Who am I? And I was my first reaction to it was, either this guy's just just joking around, or they're actually asking the most important question that anybody could possibly ever ask in their entire life. So I, I'm going to assume that it is actually a real question, and but who am I <clears throat> really is, we're going to talk about leadership of self. Who am I? Who am I as a human being? Who am I as a leader? And you know, once again, am I a person that I would want to follow? And so I, I think that we really, really talk about that, but it really, that's, I think, the most important question that anybody can ever ask. And along with that is, where do I limit myself? Because, you know, the genie that says your wish is my command, you know, we talked about the power of attraction uh, there last month. The genie doesn't recognize the difference between little goals and big goals. My encouragement to everybody, including myself, is to be more than who I thought I could have been. So, next question. Next question. Uh, so CM here wants to know, what is the most effective way to have crucial conversations with employees? Uh, the most effective way to have crucial conversations. So I'm assuming that what a crucial conversation is, is it's a, it's a, it's a conversation that's really, really important. So something where you've got to uh, do some corrective talk to put somebody back on track, uh, maybe it's, um, you know, to say, you know, hey, you've been headed this direction, I need you to head this direction, or, hey, maybe you've been really negative, I need you to be more positive, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you have those crucial conversations? One of the things that comes back to me, and I really like um, uh, how to win friends and influence people, mm-hmm. and um, uh, the, the question or the technique that was talked about. It's really a lot different than site seminars. And the, 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 that book was filled with techniques of here's how you talk to people to create friendships. But one of the things that I like about it is if you, one of the techniques was before you say something negative to somebody or do a correction, what you do is you say something nice about that person or you give somebody a compliment. Okay, so this is a book that was written by um, by Carnegie. So this is Dale Carnegie, not Andrew, Andrew Carnegie. So Dale Carnegie. And uh, and so then what happens is somebody that was trained in that uh, in that in those techniques, quite often the people around them they they hear themselves starting to get a compliment and they go, Oh my goodness, here it comes. You know, it's like, all right, so they're giving me a compliment and now the other shoe is gonna drop and now all of a sudden I'm going to hear what a jerk I am or what have you. But what I want to do, and so what happens is that technique kind of becomes, uh, you know, impotent, so to speak, where it doesn't work because somebody just goes, oh, I'm getting a compliment, now they're just going to rip me. What's the idea behind that technique? The idea behind the, the technique is 
before you rip somebody or correct them or do whatever it is, think about what you appreciate about that person. I have a particular employee, I have had a particular employee in, in the past that quite often goes negative. And that's just the way that he was raised. He's an absolutely amazing, awesome guy. And what he wants, he wants my company to be extraordinary. He wants it to be great. And so even in the process of him being negative, what motivates him is he wants the company to be better. He wants to be a part of the company that is better. And so what I think about him, I think about how awesome a, a guy that he is and how he really, really wants my company to be better. What could you want more of in an employee? You know, so there he is, and, and well, the way it comes out of him, and, you know, it's like, hey, that was his past, the way he was raised or whatever it is. But how it comes out quite often is sarcasm or, or you know, a snap answer or, a, you know, it's like just, uh, you know, if he played it back, he would listen to it and go, eh, that's really not the way that I want to come across. So before you have that crucial conversation, here's something that I believe. I believe a conversation goes defensive within the first sentence of the conversation. Be aware of that when you're having that crucial conversation. And so if you're saying things that have got that person on the defense, it's going to be very, very difficult to have them be open again. So I'm not saying defensive versus offense, but defensive versus open. When people are open to hearing you, they hear things that they wouldn't have heard when they're simply defending themselves. So how to win friends and influence people, think what you appreciate about them. If you can actually say about something that you appreciate about them, fantastic. And you don't have to necessarily say something and be willing to think something great about that person. That may just change your mindset. The other thing is I would highly recommend you never, ever, 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 ever have that crucial conversation when you are angry. So if that means that you've got to step away from it for a day or two or whatever it is, you might just simply need to say to that person, it's like, hey, I'd really like to talk to you about it, but now's not the time. I'll get back with you, you know, in the next few days or something like that. If you are having that conversation while you are angry, that person that you are having that conversation with quite often will get on the defensive, and then from that moment on, nothing will come in that's open. That person may behave the way that you want them to behave, but my experience has been that they will do it kicking and screaming. And so they may even be more negative or may, you know, uh, you know have that kind of negativity around them or try to draw other people into them with their negativity, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's just a couple of little tips on having that crucial conversation. Two things. One is think about something that you appreciate about them, and number two, Never, ever, ever, ever have that conversation while you're angry. So next question. All right, great tips. Okay, next question uh, from M.E. here. She wants to know, what are the differences between leading from a feminine energy versus leading from the masculine? Well, you know, this is one that we, we touched on in the when I did the actual presentation. 
and I don't know that it takes a lot more explanation, but at the same time, I think that when people think of feminine energy versus masculine energy, there are certainly women that are have more masculine energy and are phenomenal leaders. The point that I wanted to make in the in the actual teleseminar was it doesn't have to be masculine energy to get what it is that you want. In fact, what I will suggest is in a significant other relationship or in relationship in business or city-state world, having that feminine energy, which is really an attraction, a drawing in, as opposed to more of a demanding my, my way or the highway. So most people view masculine energy as this is where we're going. Come on, get on board, let's go as opposed to really an enrolling type of energy. And I really think that the enrolling type of energy goes a long, long way into creating team or teamwork. So, like I said, just a little bit more explanation to what we already talked about. But uh, uh, certainly either will work. And uh, the question really then becomes, can you be a masculine leader and not be perceived as being pushy? So then the question is, is back to what is it like to be a gentle man? You know, a gentleman. You know, what does it take for you to actually create a team, be absolutely certain about where you're going, and draw people in around you? And really, again, we, we talk a lot about that in the, in the tele-seminar. So, next question. Great. Well, there's a couple of questions here that are along the same line. Um, basically, is leadership something you're born with, or is it learned and developed? Like, is it is it innate or developed? Well, you know... It's just you're born with it. That's all there is to it. If you didn't, if you didn't get it, you uh, pretty much stuck to a life of following. You're a lemon, and and obviously I'm joking, but and I, I think that that people. Um, I mean, I, I, that question has been asked a number of times, so I think it's a very valid question. I think that it's a good question. But here's even the question that we ask in site seminars or, or that we answer in site seminars all the time and, or that I get asked all the time. And, that, you know, people, people say, well, what was I born with? You know, what were the characteristics that I, uh, that I was born with? And so then the, in, in psychology we look at it, well, how much is nature versus, versus nurture? So in other words, how much was our personality, for example, or even our potential, what was how much was determined by our genetics and what we were born with, and how much was determined by how we were raised. Different studies show all kinds of different things. Here's the crux of this thing for me personally. If what we do is we say, well, you know, it's preordained by our genetics, then what we are is we are then a victim to who we were born to. We're a victim to God or we're a victim to our parents or we're a victim to whatever. It says, you know, well, gee, I can't be a leader because fill in the blank. And you've got your excuse. The truth is that we all have our excuses. If what we do is we say, all right, and, and there's evidence that would support that there are many things that are that are nature, that, are, that we are born with. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to assume that it's 100% nurture, meaning it's 100% the way that we were raised, because if what it is then is that then it is much easier for us to change. 
So, for example, we're negative and we want to be more positive. We don't just go, well, you know, my parents are negative and that's my grandparents are negative and it must be genetic. I, I must be a negative person. What we do is we go, well, if it's to be, it's up to me. I am a leader. I'm a leader of the way that I think. This is not genetic. I'm not doomed to this. It's like, it's like being in, in behavior matrix and going, oh, I'm analytical behavior style. I'm doomed to think about everything before I ever take any action. That's not a life sentence, folks. Uh, you know, behavior matrix shows us one of the points in there is we choose our behavior style. And we can choose a different behavior style. It may not be comfortable. It may not be comfortable at first, but the more that we work with it, the more we go, if it's to be, it's up to me. The more that we say, I am a leader, I can put on whatever hat I want to. And so the question is, is it nature or is it nurture? Is it heredity or is it environment? Really, let's step aside from either one of those answers and just go, if it's to be, it's up to me. Can anyone be a leader? Yes. That's what I believe. And that belief gives me power. Next question. So next here, OM wants to know how to develop leadership skills in her managers and employees. You know, that one, I think certainly there are a lot of technique kind of books and things out there. You can go and and look up leadership in any bookstore or Google it or whatever you want, and you will get all kinds of tips and techniques and ideas and that kind of stuff. Absolutely fantastic. But I, I think the thing that keeps striking me is how much leadership of self, how much the question of would you follow you? And then if the answer to that one is no, I wouldn't follow me, become that man or woman that you would follow, that really answers that question. And, you know, the truth is that sometimes we're surrounded by negative people. Sometimes, I know there are questions all the, questions all the time, and they go, you know, gee, there, there are people that are trying to tear me down all the time. How do you get in alignment with those people? How do you get in teamwork with those people as opposed to simply being in a position of authority and getting them fired or, or whatever it is? That's not an easy question. That's not an easy question to answer. And I believe that what it takes is for that person that's being negative to stop being in resentment. It's one of the reasons why we have a guest event on Wednesday night after the basics. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why people ask people to do this work is they want to be able to create a team around them and they want even people that they have not gotten along with, they want them to do this kind of work because the more the people get out of the three R's, get out of resentment, get out of revenge, get out of that, because the more that they forgive themselves and other people, the easier it is for them to get on the same team. If what that person gets is that you're there to help them win in life, it's very difficult for that person to remain negative. The truth is sometimes people are negative because they're pissed off about their lives. Some people are negative because uh, they don't see possibilities in their life. But some people are negative because they're so oblivious to any other choice. They don't know any different, and so therefore they're negative. How do you become that person that somebody else wants to follow, especially when there's somebody around that's that negative person that keeps trying to tear you down? 
it certainly will not be you taking that person on in front of other people and asserting your authority. It will take you creating a relationship with them where it's just the two of you. My belief. And it takes for me really forgiving that person for not being the person that you want them to be. So I know I I don't know if I answered that question with enough here's the how to at the same time I'm not sure that the how to is as important as how to be. Mhm. So with that next question. That makes sense. Uh so and this is uh, these are a lot of these are all tied together. Um the next question is how to be a better communicator and specifically to be more confident in communication. You know, I, I quite often in the basic seminar, people put down that as one of their goals in the basic is they want to be able to communicate more effectively. And when I get down to it and I ask enough questions, for most people what that really means is how do I get people to do what I want them to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to how do I... Um, uh, you know, how do I be more clear on my communication? I mean, if you want to talk about clarity of communication, this is pretty straightforward. After you have done your communication, you ask the question, what did you hear? Then that person states back what it is that they heard. Then you can listen to how they filtered it and how they came, it, it came back. Quite often you will find that it isn't even close to what you thought you communicated. So that's my tip, the how-to of how do you communicate more effectively. It isn't to be louder. It isn't to, you know, but if we tie this back into how do you have that crucial conversation, stepping back from it, you're not making people wrong. You're not... um, 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 You're not demanding... You are um, you are more I don't know if you've ever heard this one um, seek to understand before being understood. Hmm. So that means understand where that other person is coming from, what their real question is, what their real issues are, et cetera, et cetera before it is that you go and attempt to communicate to other people what it is that you want them to to get. And so, really, again, most people, to be a better communicator really is, how do I get people to do more of what I want them to do? How do you communicate your vision to them? If they buy into your vision, if they get that you are about win-win, that you want them to be successful, that you care about them, that you forgive them and yourself, et cetera, et cetera, you become that person that people want to. You become more confident. Here's the thing. If you think you've got to be a perfect human being before you're a leader, give up now. I have not met the perfect human being. Ooh, wait a second. I have met people that constantly work towards being more of the man or woman that they want to become. And based on that definition, maybe they are the perfect human being because they're constantly in a process of looking inward and growing and deciding whether the decisions that they made or the actions or the conversations or whatever it was was a positive conversation or had a positive outcome or not. 
So, you know, communicating more effectively, yeah, there are techniques, and at the same time, it really, to me, to a very great extent, is how do you enroll people? How do you become that person that is enrolling that people go, yeah, that sounds good, let's do it, I'm on board. So with that, next question. Next question is, and I know you, you spoke about this during the, the teaching sec- section of the call, uh, how can I best teach leadership to my children? You know, I don't know that I could really add more at this moment in time to what I said uh, during the teleseminar. Okay. And it, it really is be the man that you want to become or be the woman that you want to become. Our kids don't get what we say. If we say, get out there and risk, kids, if we're not risking in our own lives, the kids become, they get communicated exactly who we are to a very, very, very great extent. It, it is, our children, 80% of our thought process and programs and habits and beliefs are in place at the age of eight. What do our kids get? They get who we are, not what we say. Mm-hmm. So once again, become that man or woman. And I really wanted to nail nail this point down. Forgive your kids for not being who you want them to be at this moment in time. Mm. Forgive yourself for not being that perfect teacher, that if you were that perfect teacher, you'd never get angry or you'd put it in such a way that the kid would go, oh, got it, Dad, uh, that's how I'm going to be. Forgive yourself and forgive them. That opens up amazing power in the relationship. And what happens is automatically your child, my experience, goes, I want to be more like dad, or I want to be more like mom. Next question. Next is, as a leader in a new organization, how do you suggest gaining the respect of subordinates? You know, I think that's a really, really, really good question. And one that, you know, it's funny, I've had general managers come and go in my my own business, and I think that the toughest thing that they had was actually becoming a leader in an organization where the people have been around each other for a long time and all of a sudden the new guy is the boss. And so I think it's a similar kind of question, whether it's a new organization or whether you're a new person in an old organization, which actually might be tougher than being a leader in a new organization. I really will go back to the same things that we keep talking about. Are you a person that you would follow? And who is that person? Is that person a giver? Is that person forgiving? Is it, does that person have a vision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And for many people, what they do is they go into an, uh, uh, an old organization and they're the new manager. They look at all the key people and they immediately or fairly shortly figure out an excuse to fire them. And then they bring their own people in, and now all of a sudden they've got an infrastructure where people will actually follow that that leader. This really gets into business leadership, et cetera, et cetera. My question is, how can you enroll people into your vision? And actually, somebody that, that is phenomenal at this, from my perspective, uh, is my brother. He's a National Park Superintendent, uh, uh, and uh, he, he's uh, actually gone into that position where he's he's a new guy in town, you know, and a new ranger, you know, and it's his job to to help people become more of a team and to work together more effectively. And it's not an easy thing. But if what people do is that they get that you are on their side, 
and I don't mean them as individual, but it, and yes, I do mean them as an individual, but them as a team, and that you're headed in a direction with whatever your company is, whether it's a national park or whether it's your business, that it's a vision that people want to get behind. So, next question. Next is, how do I become less involved emotionally with my work to become a stronger leader? Uh, so less involved emotionally and become a stronger leader. One of the things that I hear in there is that I don't take things so personally or so that I don't get hooked up in my own anger about how it's supposed to be or how I think it's supposed to be, and yet it's not. And so, and again, I'm not sure exactly what that question is asking, but how do I kind of what I'm hearing is how do I get less hooked into the emotion, either my own or the emotions that are around? Maybe it's other people's anger or my own. And really, I think that that I'm not going to say anything actually that new when I address this one. But I, I, if it's anger of yourself, forgive yourself for being angry. If it's anger about somebody else's anger, in fact, that's one of the things that I think is kind of an interesting concept, and I ask it quite often. I say, have you ever gotten a lousy attitude because somebody else around you has a lousy attitude? Mm -hmm. <laughs> in other words, you got pissed off that they were being negative, or you got negative because they were being negative. About them being negative. Now, <laughs> if, if that seems bizarre... For a moment, the truth is it's not bizarre. The truth is that that's very real for a lot of people. You know, they get ne they get negative because somebody else is being negative. And so, stepping back from that, forgive yourself for being negative. Forgive them for being negative. Forgive them for being angry. And you might get to the root of why are they angry? Most people are angry because it's their attempt to either control and manipulate others around them, their world. Or it's a way to control and manipulate themselves into being who they want themselves to be. So in other words, people get angry at themselves because it's an attempt. If I get angry enough at myself, then finally I'm going to eat right or work out or whatever it is. And so if what you do is you get down to the root of the anger, sometimes you will be in absolute alignment with the root of that anger, meaning you want the company to be a better place. And then everybody wins. And certainly you can still forgive somebody for being negative and angry or whatever uh, um, just simply because they're another human being and they've got all their stuff too. So really I, I think that, you know, not really knowing what that, you know, where that question is coming from, I think that might be something that, uh, that might help. Mm -hmm. uh, when people get that you're on the same side, they will follow you. Uh, and that's, uh, well, excuse me, one of the things, like I said, I think integrity, et cetera, et cetera, the things that we talked about before are also vital. But, um, um, okay, next question. Okay, next question. I think we're going to make this the last question here. Uh, this is from CB wants to know, how do I handle my mistakes as a leader without looking like one, without looking like a mistake myself? Yeah. <laughs> without looking like a mistake. 
that's uh, that's good. Uh, you know, the truth is that whether you look like a mistake or not has a lot to do with the filters of the person who's doing the looking. And what I mean by that is you may do your darndest to not look like a mistake to somebody else, but the truth is there may be other people, they will see you as a mistake no matter what it is that you do. One of the things that I found out very, very clearly through my side journey, people don't care how I perceive myself specifically. What they care about is how they perceive me. So if I think I'm a wonderful human being and they think I'm a jerk, in their viewpoint, I'm a jerk. So with that, I will say that some people will want to look like look at you as a mistake no matter what it is that you do. However, you cannot be a leader without making choices. You cannot be a leader without taking risks. You cannot be a leader sitting on your couch thinking positively. Anytime you make a choice, you take a risk, you make a decision, you have the possibility that is going to be a lousy choice or one that won't work out. Okay, Marshall Thurber is all about finding a really good method. And I think that certainly there are methods that work way better than others. But step back again from it and look at site seminars and look at intention. What's your goal? What's your dream? What's your vision? Can you get to that vision an infinite number of ways? Yes, you can get to it an infinite number of ways. Are there certain methods that are more effective than others? Absolutely there are. And if you can find a good method, that will serve you way better than a lousy method. You know, some people go, well, you know, I'm persistent, I'm persistent, I'm persistent, and they hang on to a lousy method. Some people, they go through, through uh, methods like tear-offs. Uh, in, in motocross, uh, tear-offs is we, we, we stack up layers of clear plastic on our goggles so that when they get muddy, we just pull one off and it's a tear-off and we get a, a brand-new clean, uh, clean lens. You know, some people go through methods like tear-offs. They never give a method a, a, a chance. And I know I'm, I'm kind of going all over the place on this thing, but the point here is is that in order for you to be a leader, you're going to make choices. You're going to take risks. And with those risks come a possibility of failure. The question is, is a failure a failure? A failure is not a failure if you learn something from that failure. And as a result of learning something from that failure, you then move forward and you make better choices. So with that, accept the responsibility of your leadership Expect, accept the responsibility of the choices that you make. And if you can communicate to that to the people that are around you and they go, okay, we're going to do the best that we can. And by the way, it's not necessarily that you're leading by consensus. Is there a time to get other people's ideas? Absolutely, I think so. At the same time, at some point in time, you need to make a choice. Along with leadership comes the responsibility of leadership. If you accept that responsibility, it allows you to become more of a leader. I don't know if I can say anything else to add to that one, but uh, 
uh, if that's the last question then uh, that we can get to tonight, uh, I, uh, again, I appreciate having an opportunity to uh, to contribute and be a part of people's lives here. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the extra time. Uh, we got so many good bits and pieces on leadership, and I think you really summed up a huge topic into something that uh, people will really be able to take some pieces away from this. So uh, thank you so much. Well, once again, I, I really appreciate being a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, and for uh, anyone listening in, that means you're uh, on our podcast. So hopefully not only are you enjoying this call, you've had an opportunity to check out some of the other uh, recordings that are available. Make sure that you register for next month's call at psiteleseminars.com. We'll be talking about intention, and that is, again, another huge topic. It's going to be a very exciting call. And for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com and you'll find there uh, information about all of our courses as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. So thank you for listening in. Have a great night.